Welcome in to a Thursday edition of Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined as always, except when I'm not, <laughs> Maurice Patton. And man, what a what a day it's been. Uh, that was of my Twitter account. I was signed out of Google accounts. I was signed out of literally everything. So this should be fun. And you were signed out at five till two. Yeah. I have no idea what's going to happen over the next two hours when I start trying to do something I'm typically doing and normal and and able to do on a normal basis for it to only not 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 let get you done. Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in, sit down, shut up, and hang on. It's Throwback Thursday. There you go. It is Throwback Thursday, and we've got a good show lined up, including a throwback to when David Ubbin joined the show uh, about two weeks ago tomorrow. And and then we've got UT Southern men's basketball coach Dugan Line who will join us. He's he's on a roll right now with the Firehawk men's basketball team, so we'll talk to him. We've also got Coach's Corner with Page Athletics Director and Wrestling Coach Benji Gray. And we've got a lot of other things to get to, plenty of other things to get to as a matter of fact. So before we do all of those things, let me make sure. I will say this. I know that we do not have new slides, Justin, although we should. We just don't. Uh, and that's <clears throat> partly on me, you know. So, yeah, partly on my computer for being a, a menace for the last half hour. A menace. But, that's yeah. Way to put it. So, anyway. Mm-hmm. A lot going on. I am... I'm very concerned as to how this is going to play out, but just got to roll with it. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm, you know how, how it gets when you're just like, all right, take a deep breath and count to four, as, as Charlie would tell me when I'm, when I'm angry. <laughs> sometimes there's great advice out of, out of the mouths of it, babes. It, it huh? can be. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> or Miss Rachel, where she learned it. Are we ready for yesterday's yeah. results and today's schedule, such as it is? Well, I, I think we are. Let's do it. This is the Rundown. Men's basketball action from Wednesday night. Auburn comes to Memorial Gym, gets out with an 80-65 to 65 win over Vanderbilt. That's what, 13th ranked Auburn, I believe. Unranked mm-hmm. Vanderbilt. Uh, Northern Iowa with an 83-72 win over Belmont. Northern Iowa, purple and gold, not Northern Illinois. Um, Kentucky 90, Mississippi State 77, and LSU downs Ole Miss 89-80. Matt McMahon may be getting things rolling down in Baton Rouge. Look out. In the association, the Timberwolves with a 124-117 win over the Pistons. Atlanta 106, Orlando 104. Boston defeated San Antonio 117-98. It was the Darius Garland-less Cavaliers defeating the Bucks 135-95. New Orleans 132, 
Charlotte 112, and the Lakers with a 127-110 win over the Mavericks. Today's schedule, check your local listings. Mm. <laughs> Particularly on these next few. Yes, scheduled today for high school basketball. I, I really just don't know. Mount Juliet's at Cane Ridge at 6, doubleheader, Merrill Hyde, Christian Community as well, and Cornersville at Eagle at Eagleville. Uh, again, those are all scheduled for 6, boys and girls. Uh, check your local listings. College basketball doubleheaders. These will be played. <laughs> Tennessee Tech's at Tennessee State. That's a 5 o'clock women's tip, 7.30 to men's to follow. Cumberland is at the University of the Cumberlands. It's a 4.30 and 6.30 tip. And then Trevecca, that had to be a fun trip. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And then Trevecca is at Ashland, 4.30 this afternoon for the women's 6.30 men's. Men's only tonight. North Alabama makes the trip to Clarksville. Take on Austin P. It's a 7 o'clock tip on ESPN+, Plus. as is Central Arkansas at Lipscomb. And then at 8 o'clock on CBS Sports Network, Middlemen. At UTEP, nationally televised. Desperately in need of a victory are the Blue Raiders. Mm -hmm. Women's action. This one is underway right now, apparently, and you can see it on ESPN+. Plus. Auburn is at Memorial Gym, taking on the Commodore women of Vanderbilt. That's wild. You don't see that very often, men and women back-to-back -back like that. But yeah, it's very weird. Yeah. <clears throat> Four o'clock today on the SEC network. That's that's big SEC, no pluses. Um, Tennessee's women go to the hump, take on Mississippi State at five o'clock at the Glass House. Texas El Paso takes on the Lady Raiders at nine o'clock on TNT. Memphis is at Minnesota, and also at nine o'clock on ESPN Plus. The Prats are at the Los Angeles Kings. So. That is your rundown. Time Stories brought to you by Piggly Wiggly and Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. They've got fresh hand-cut meats, great produce, and, of course, the delicious daily, daily lunch specials. There for you when you are hungry, they will be. I didn't use my Yoda voice, but I did use my Yoda <laughs> cadence. Now, Nicely done. Don't forget to go to Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia for Piggly Wiggly. Great folks. And, of course, tell them we sent you. Mo, today's top story, ongoing, I assume it's still going, is a hearing with the NCAA. And I'm pretty sure it's a congressional uh, committee of some sort and they are arguing the employment status of student athletes now let me just say obviously we are not the folks you want to be tuning into for the hard fast coverage of this <clears throat> that would be Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports, Matt Brown of Extra Points, and Mitt Winter of Winter Sports Law. Those are the guys. 
if if you're not following Matt Brown and you have any interest in the inner workings of college athletics, and I, I don't really know what you're doing. Yeah, he's the best follow in, yeah, in college Mitt, sports Mitt, for me. Mitt is a little over my head, to be honest. He's got great stuff. I just don't necessarily <laughs> understand all of it all the time. But That's the thing. You got, Sometimes you got to be a lawyer to understand what Mitt's saying. Yeah. So. But, uh, but, yeah, obviously those are both great follows, as is Ross Dellinger. He does a great job at all levels of college football and athletics. So, But, anyway. Matt Brown know. says – at this point, this is the only issue we're talking about in these hearings. All the other stuff, which federal agency should regulate what NIL thing, what, who should pay for expanded medical, da-da-da-da-da, is all moot, or at least hinges, on this particular question. The question comes from, or not, the question comes from this statement. Charlie Baker, NCAA president, implores Congress to deem college athletes as students, not employees. He calls it, quote, critically important as the NCAA seeks to expand benefits for athletes, quote, without risking opportunities for women's sports, Olympic sports, D2, D3 sports, and HBCUs. Basically, what he says is that if student athletes are going to be employees, there are going to be a lot less opportunities for student athletes. And that's just the simple fact. He's not wrong. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid, much as I hate to agree, I'm afraid he's probably not wrong. But I don't I don't know how else and, and maybe maybe we're just gonna have to find out if he is wrong or not. I don't know. I don't know how you fix this right now. I don't know if you fix this right now. There are two ways to fix it, Mo, as I told you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number one, contracts that state, you know, that, that give you, you are here for two, three, four years for this amount of money. And I guess you'd have to be considered an employee at that point. All right. That's, that's fix number one. Mm-hmm. Fix number two ain't going to happen uh, on either side. But the fix is to create a world where NIL is only utilized in the way NIL was intended to be utilized. Hmm. That there is someone who a compliance person who is in charge of making sure there is a actual use of name, image, or likeness in return for any payments made to said athletes. Whether that be personal appearances, commercials, billboard advertisements, they, you got you to gotta prove to me via some sort of affidavit or a an invoice that says here's what I did here's what I got paid it's got to clear 
That's that's a way to fix it. I don't think it's ever going to get there. <laughs> but and these collectives, it, it, the, it seems simple. It, it does because that's what it was intended for. That was the simple part of it. From and the I beginning. mean, the fact that you say I don't know if we're going to get there is is a little disheartening because well, that's more the go, way it was designed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can go back there. Maybe we, the NCAA obviously made a mistake in not setting parameters from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, and not sticking to them. And, you know, it, it got really weird when these collectives started coming in. The first collective I remember was Tennessee's where they were creating T-shirts and giving athletes a percentage of the T-shirt sales. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought this was all going to be. I thought all, that all was contrary. I thought that's what NIL was supposed to be. What, you know, if your name, image and likeness creates value, then you get a piece of it. Well, unfortunately, and this is exactly what Matt Brown said yesterday, it's the regular Joes who are paying these athletes now. They still don't get a part of the uh, of the, the bucket of money that they help create the most in, which is the billions of dollars that are raked in by college football, college basketball, etc. We just talked about the championship TV rights deal. Massive deal. They get none of that. But the only way they can get that is to become employees. If they become employees, they get nothing because all of a sudden, D2 basketball doesn't exist. Hmm. Or rifle doesn't exist. And now you've taken scholarship opportunities away from athletes because of this. Right. And so we are in the most critical time in the history of college sports. And I don't know I don't know that there's anybody who has a good enough answer. And unfortunately, <clears throat> the law is probably on the side of those arguing that student athletes are employees. There's no clean fix. There's no easy fix. And and any fix is going to be painful. So. Yeah. I mean, it's good because it's going to be painful for somebody. It's going to be painful for potentially the, let's say, Caleb Williams is of the world. Who can make millions of dollars? The Nico Yamalievas, who can make eight million dollars in four years, because at some point the prepayment of 
I guess the draw system is kind of what it would be like where you pay someone a million dollars to use their name, image, and likeness, and that's all they get is that million dollars. And then you use it as you see fit. Right. I don't think that can happen anymore because that's the loophole. I'm going to need to see it in front of you. I'm going to need to see what you did in order to get this money. Now, if they get the money up front, I don't think that's a. I don't think you can allow it. Mm. That's the problem. That's the loophole. You're gonna have to stop allowing that. So you're gonna have to actually clock in and 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 do the work like like the rest of us, huh? Or you're gonna have to show, or or you get a receipt at the end of the month from the t-shirt company that says we sold 47 t-shirts at $32 and this is your 50% of that. Right. And then these kids are going to have to get accountants <laughs> and all of the tax implications to that. It's going to yeah, be ridiculous. I, I think that's, that's an interesting aspect right there that I think we've kind of heard mentioned by some folks in passing is the, the tax aspects of this. Uh, I bet the IRS is keeping an eye on some of these folks. <laughs> Without question. Heck, if they're worried about your $600 Venmo payment, they're definitely worried about this. Mm. Mm. Yeah. The U.S. Department of Justice has joined the federal lawsuit filed by seven state AGs against the NCAA seeking to eliminate the transfer rules. In addition, Minnesota, Mississippi, Virginia, and D.C. have joined as well. Now there are 11 AGs backing the case. Because once again, and, and you know, I feel like there is an argument to be made about the NIL, and as long as you're in college, you should be able to play college sports. I think there's a – and we'll talk a little bit more about this yes. a little bit later. Yes, we will. But, but also, like, minor leagues exist. In every sport that you can go, prof can go pro in and make a lot of money, there is a minor league. Mm -hmm. Why is – why is Talia Tungvaloa – not trying to go play USFL or UFL now, right? That seems like a... Because it's a pay cut. Well, it probably is. But I think this is going to be an interesting situation because, you know, when we find it, if these guys are employees, then the transfer rules, I guess you could just throw them out. Because once you're an employee, you can you can force them into contracts. Yeah, and, and they they're have just to fulfill it. Yeah, and just, they're just free agents at that point. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. This is this is going to be the most intriguing part of a year. I say off season. It's not really an off season, but this this is going to determine what happens to college sports from here. In forever. And I just hope, I hope that 
there aren't innocent bystanders in this situation. Hmm. Catching the fallout. And there will be. Yep. Yep. No matter what happens, there will be. Somebody's going to get hurt, like you said. Rifle, like you said. I mean, <clears throat> gymnastics, swimming. Yeah. Good luck. The Olympic sports are done. At the collegiate level? Well, I say that. You know, un- unless, you know, maybe the USOC comes in and underwrites some of that. They're supposed to be amateurs. Everybody's and, supposed to be amateurs. Well, and, and I, I, right. I mean, obviously, the dream team basketball aren't isn't full of amateurs, right? <laughs> the U.S. hockey team is typically, but yeah, it 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 certainly will create a different perspective, and and it's going to it's going to require somebody, uh, some some organization, but you know. If college sports is going to be a business, you're going to have to run it like a business. And what doesn't make money? Doesn't make money. So, anyway, let's take a break. I will see if we can't get Dugan Line on the line. And we'll talk with the UT Southern men's basketball coach in just a moment on Main Street Sports State, presented by Mid Tennessee Barn and Joint. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. 
A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Coming to you from the Lee Company Studios, plural with an S, as we are still huddled up. Sarah did go out to get some essentials today. She went to Dollar General and made it home safely. Barely made it out of the yard, but made it home safely after she got out of the yard. Well, so. you know what they say. How many accidents happen within, what? Five minutes of the house or whatever? How do they know where I live? <laughs> uh, actually, Jody was just heading out right as we were getting ready to come on as well for some essentials. She has not made it back, but it's only been 30 minutes. So, but, <laughs> I guess it depends but, um, on how many essentials you're getting. But, I mean, if, if I have to leave abruptly, don't ask any questions. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, unfortunately... Not just us dealing with travel issues. UT Southern men and women's games yesterday and Saturday have been either canceled or postponed. I believe Wednesdays were postponed because that's a league game. Mm -hmm. Saturdays may be canceled altogether. I'm not sure. I do know who we can ask, and that is we know UT, UT Southern men's basketball coach Dugan Line joins us now. Coach, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, greatly appreciate, you know, you guys having me and being back home with you guys. This is not the time that you want to not play, having just cracked the the NAIA National Top 25, I don't guess. Well, uh, you know, you got to play the cards you're dealt, right? Um, but we're going to get back on the court soon enough. I, we actually rescheduled our Stillman game for this coming Monday, so... We're going to have three home games next week, Monday, Thursday, and Saturday, and we'll be right back into the thick of things. 14-2 and two thus far. Is that right? I I want to say we're 16. I believe we are. Okay. Well, at 16-2. You're right. You, uh, I defer to you, but, yeah, I just got it up on your website. Yeah, 16-2. and two. My bad. Um, congratulations. I mean, that's that's a heck of a start. Was that – Obviously, it's what you wanted. Was it what you expected as you looked at what you had and who you were playing over your first 18? Yeah, I, I think that – I don't know that you ever expect to be undefeated in conference at this time. You know, we've run through um, – or, you know, we've played everybody once, and now we're getting ready to turn the schedule over and play everybody for the second time. Um, you probably don't expect it. I thought we were capable of it. Um, we have a very – veteran team very experienced team and uh you know the guys have played really well in, in in situations and we figured out ways to win and won some close games and a lot of it has to do with the experience of the guys that we've got 
Lost to Freed Hardeman, which is also ranked nationally. Lost to Cumberlands. That's University yeah. of the Cumberlands up in yeah. Kentucky back on November 11th. Um, don't want to jinx you by any means, but 12 straight have not lost since before Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, that's, well, uh, yeah, so. that's that's a heck of a run. What do you attribute that to, Coach? You know, we've got a really good group of guys. We are connected. Um, they enjoy playing with each other. And I just think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we are veteran. We've played with each other for, you know, most of them have been together for three years now. Um, you know, Adarian Hudson and, and, and Brady Brown have been with me for five and, you know, they're using their COVID year this year. And then I've got another senior Tad Sibley, who's, you know, been a mainstay in our lineup for four straight years. So I, I really think that it's an experience factor. These guys have, you know, not blinked when, when something, you know, has been thrown at them. So I, I really think that a lot of the experience and the leadership qualities from those three guys have really attributed to to our success and our ability to kind of keep it rolling and keep it trucking. Coach, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because you guys have have done some really impressive jobs on on the offensive side of of, of the floor, averaging. 77 points a game in conference play you know when you are when you're able to put the ball in the bucket that often that takes a lot of pressure off of you as a coach because you've got guys who obviously can pick up where someone leaves off if if you if you go cold yeah i'm uh been very fortunate to at times just be like, Hey, Darian Hudson, why don't you uh, go get us a bucket, please? We're, we're struggling a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, and, and Brady has been, has been the, the, the two to the one, two punch. Um, you know, those two guys just, they're, they're, they're on a different wavelength than, than other people sometimes. And sometimes that's the defense and that's, you know, very beneficial for us. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, we ha we do have the ability to score the basketball, but I but I also have been very pleased with the way that we have defended, um, and uh, you know a lot of that has to do with guys taking on that role and taking on that challenge. And then I've also got an assistant coach that has really brought some 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 new ideas for me, new ideas uh, that have really helped us defensively. Um, some of the ideas are tried and true. We just needed uh, another person in the room to help us out, but. Um, but yeah, I, I really think that we've been able we've been able to win some games where we've had to score points, and then we've been able to win some games where we haven't, you know, scored the ball well at all. But our defense has kind of backed us up, and we we're able to pull it out in the end. You know, coach, you talked about your seniors, and two of those guys. One of them is very local. One of them is relatively local, I guess. Um, Hudson from Springfield, Brady Brown from Summertown. And um, when you can build around local talent, I would imagine that helps not just this year, but, you know, when you go back out to some of these high schools as well and recruit. Absolutely. Um, it's always it's always great to be able to to have that local talent because it shows the guys around you that, Hey, you know, this is a good spot. You know, this is somewhere where you want to be. 
Brady Brown's done it. You know, Adarian Hudson's done it. Um, and so it just kind of gives a, you know, we, we have a very homey feel anyway, as far as our, our campus and our, uh, and our university, you know, but I just think that being able to, to get those hometown guys helps with the community aspect of it, helps with your attendance. And, and, and uh, you know, it, it does spark that interest that gives you that avenue to continue to recruit close to home. Yeah, you know, and and this this team has been successful with those. Some, sometimes you see coaches at, at your level, you know, pick up those guys to just boost attendance. But you've been able to get, uh, I mean, you've been able to get really, really positive stuff out of, out of those guys and, you know, being able to, to get guys who can contribute close to home is, is important. When you, when you look at this team's makeup, you know, you look at the experience, you look at how, how long these guys have been playing basketball at the NAI level. What do you feel like gives your team you know, is the, I, I guess, the, the driving factor for this team? Is it, you know, hey, we've not been to the tournament or we've, we need to get to that next level and set the example? Is that the driving force for this team? A, a lot of it, you know, these guys have, have goals that they haven't necessarily accomplished yet, you know, uh, even with guys that have been with me for five years, these guys that have been with me for five years, Brady and, and, and Adarian, every single year they've had a winning record, um, which I think speaks volume to their ability to, you know, change a culture. Uh, and they have been culture changers for culture changers for us. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's a huge driving factor as far as, um, uh, you know, building that culture and i'm sorry i lost my train of thought what, what, what was the uh what were you asking? well I, I think my point is that you know these guys are and you know as someone who was in a d3 program this is kind of it for most of them so is the driving factor to to get to that next level to take this team to the next level because they know it's probably the last time they get to put on that uniform well, yeah, I think they have a fire, you know, they've got a fire inside that it, the competitiveness that just burns. I, I don't think that'll necessarily ever go out. Um, I know a Darian wants to, to do some coaching and obviously try to play at some, you know, at some level uh, after college and, and Brady has had some aspirations to play after college as well. But, you know, I know Brady wants to get into physical training and uh, you know, opening a gym and helping kids with, you know, training for the next level. And I think that that's a form of competitiveness and fire and, you know, that, that self-worth or that self-drive to, to help somebody achieve a goal. Um, these guys are very driven. Brady Brown has been extremely um, diligent in his work ethic and uh, being able to get better. And Adarian has been so as well. Um, and for a lot of our guys, you know, Tad Sibley is very similar. He, he, he has improved so much since his freshman year. Um, and I just think that for these guys, they have a drive. And I don't think it goes away after college. It just the ball stops bouncing a little bit. They use it in other ways. They become successful teachers and coaches and uh, business people. So, you know, I, I think that all three of those guys that I just mentioned definitely have that drive. And I, I definitely think that they will be very successful 
you know, contributors to society. Coach Dugan Lyon at Tennessee Southern joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Coach, you talked about that Stillman game that's been pushed back from last night to Monday, giving you three next week all at home. And that's a pretty, I don't know, for a team that's 16-2, and 10-0 in the conference, I don't know if it's pivotal or not, but once you get done with those three home games, you've only got two in your last seven. So are those games big next week? Yeah, I, I think that for us, they're, they're all big at this point. I mean, um, we've got a target because of where we are uh, and not being able to – or not, not having lost yet. Everybody wants to hand you that first L. And – our guys have done a really nice job of responding, knowing that we are the hunted. Uh, we have the target on our back. And so we've got to bring it every game. Stillman's playing really well. Uh, they are second in the conference. They've only lost twice. And, you know, for us to, to get where we're going, it's a one game at a time mentality. It's great that we have three straight home games, but we're just going to have to go one at a time, take this Monday game and, and, and go from there. You talk about having a target, Coach. This is y'all's last year in the Southern States, right? This will be our. This is actually our first. We were in the Mid South. Oh, that's okay. Right. My yeah. bad. Sorry. And moving, Never mind. And moving back into the Southern States. Um, but uh, but we were in the Southern States before we went to the Mid South, and then had a little rendezvous with the Mid South for for three years, and now back into the Southern States, which is you know. We, we've really enjoyed the conference, and our commissioner does a great job. Uh, and, and I guess being 10-0 in it makes you enjoy it a little bit more. But has the target <laughs> been any bigger on your return, do you feel like? You know, I, I think that um, I think that our first game of the year when we, we, we went to Tennessee Tech and, and we snuck one out against a Division One opponent, you know, I think that that automatically puts a target on your back because everybody wants to – you know, prove themselves and, hey, if they could beat them, we should be able to beat, you know, that type of thing. I, I just don't think that, um, you know, it's obviously gotten bigger, but, but uh, you know, I, I think that just us coming back into the conference, I wouldn't say that it we would be, you know, any bigger of a target. Okay. Conference tournament set for the multiplex at the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama, one of – the most exciting places to be in February, I promise. Uh, February 28th to March 2nd is the tournament. It should be a lot of fun as you know you guys continue to work toward taking that number one seed. And, and of course, you've got, again, three games next week, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, all down in Pulaski. Very easy to trip to get to. It, it just... Take the interstate all the way down and then take a right. You'll get there. You'll run right into the school. Can't miss it. So it's right. it's real simple, folks. Any Anywhere from the mid-state, you can get there. And, and, and you'd be hard-pressed to find a more exciting basketball team to watch than, than UT Southern right now. You guys have, have been killing it. And, and we appreciate you taking some time to tell us about your team and talk about your kids. And, and we know that you're proud of them, and, and we are too, and we, we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Coach Dugan, line with UT Southern. Once again, Coach, thanks for your time. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, it's 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 crazy how much 
how much fun those type of games can be. I mean, you, you, we talk about Trevecca a lot. That I mean, they're they're killing it right now, men's and women's. You know, UT Southern has got a great basketball team just over, like you said, Freed Hardeman, not you know, not too far away, number eleven in the country. <laughs> I mean, it's number seven. They're they're seven now. Yeah, they okay, are they seven. Were 11 and the last ranking week. that came out yesterday. Yeah, they were eleven wow. last week. Uh, Tennessee Southern was receiving votes last week. They are eighteenth this week. So wow. Yeah. But I'm telling you, and like you said, University of the Cumberlands. I think they're uh, they're sixth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's plenty of great NAIA basketball to to be seen in this area. You guys should definitely check it out. Uh, we're excited and, and gr- glad to have had coach Dugan line join us. We're going to take a break. When we come back more NCAA talk, we talked about those transfer rules and eligibility rules. Well, there's a really weird one coming up and we'll talk about it right here on main street sports. Stay presented by mid Tennessee bond and joint stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the pig. 
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, coming to you live from the Lee Company Studios. Mo, it's it is a weird time in college sports, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, it it feels like there's always something going on, but at the same time, right now feels a little weirder than usual. <laughs> None more weird than this situation, huh? Mm. We have a University of Miami player who has had some unfortunate luck Mm -hmm. in the injury department. Cam McCormick had season-ending injuries in 2018, 19, 20, and 21. So naturally, he has applied for medical red shirts for all of those seasons and now enters his ninth season as a member of the Hurricanes football team. That may be the craziest part of it, that he has spent his entire (laughs) nine-year collegiate career at Miami, including the 2023 season during which he caught eight balls for 62 yards. (laughs) The fact that they still keep giving him the opportunity to be on the team. Like, I mean, well, I mean, when you talk about coach on the field, it's a little absurd because no, 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 no. It's a lot absurd. Why do you want to be on campus nine years? What possible classes can you be taking? Dr. McCormick. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like he needs the time to practice. He ought to have it down by now. Again, why do you want to be on campus nine years? Well, (laughs) what was the, what was the, the line? Matthew McConaughey line? Yes. you know, as I was saying that, that did strike me. So uh, <laughs> keep getting older, and they keep staying the same age. Yeah, yeah. That's... The number one tight end west of the Mississippi in 2015 per in 2015 <laughs> out of Summit High School in Bend, Oregon. He was in the same recruiting class as Jalen Hurts. <laughs> he was, in fact. Matter of fact, he had a leg injury in his two games into his senior season in high school. So he's been injured five times. Set the tone. (laughs) He caught six passes for 89 yards and a touchdown in 17 as a red shirt freshman. He was a fifth year senior in 2020. He was, he was a a fifth year senior in 2020. (laughs) And he's coming back for his fourth season since then 
I mean, has he he's, participated he's in twice. Senior Day? At any point. <laughs> I'm sorry. In 2021, he was a sixth-year redshirt sophomore. Mm-hmm. This is phenomenal. <laughs> I don't even know how this is possible. And Oh, oh I'm sorry. Okay, so wait a minute. We got a we we got a question. He was at Oregon. He was he oh did, he has transferred to Miami. Oh. oh, when did he get here? This year, he spent eight years at Oregon. Seven years at Oregon. Last year was his first year at Miami. Okay, yeah, 2023. Where he, he caught transfers eight passes for 62 yards. Because <laughs> he was so impactful. <laughs> insane. Oh, I love I love his his graphic, the last ride graphic. Like, you need to get a job, sir. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you need to get a job. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, man. Lord, McCormick has been, according to Football Scoop, McCormick has been in college so long, his career predates not only the transfer portal and the creation of the NIL era, but also the early signing period in the four-game redshirt rule. Kirby Smart will celebrate his 100th win at Georgia. There's a chance his tenure sees its 125th game, all of which runs parallel to McCormick's college career. (laughs) I got nothing, man. Again, go play. Go, go play in the UFL. Stop! 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 McCormick signed with Oregon the same day as Justin Herbert. Herbert's in like he's, he's almost out of his rookie be, deal. Next year will be Herbert's fifth with the LA Chargers. Yeah, I was gonna say he's almost out of his rookie deal in college in pros. <laughs> Other members of his recruiting class include Nick Bosa, Ed Oliver, and AJ Brown. AJ Brown. This is this is just absurd. This is absurd. And, and and look, go ahead. The question now becomes, what if McCormick suffers another season-ending in, injury between now and Miami's fourth game? Would he dare appeal for a tenth season and with the ACC or the NCAA granted? Clearly they would. They've granted him four others. I don't, it's absurd. Uh, well, again, isn't there something about making reasonable progress toward a degree? Well, I, I mean, he's... A, How he many degrees has, does he have? He has to have at least one. He's got all of them. two. <laughs> at least one. He's got all the degrees. Goodness. Maybe he's getting a second degree in something else. This... This Talk about ridiculous. going pro in something other than, other sports. than sports. Yeah, going pro in college mm. <laughs> and going to school. Wow. <laughs> it's absurd. Unbelievable. You know, okay. though, look, the world of college sports has changed so much. The transfer portal has has been just insane, to say the least. Mm. I will say this. I saw a post yesterday where they had Forrest Gump committed to Florida State. <laughs> and it just goes it just goes to show that 
you know, we're in a different era, as we said yesterday, of college sports where there's not a lot of loyalty to a team because you grew up there. You grew up a fan. Like you just, it just is what it is. Well, we've gotten, we've now got Alabama players transferring to Auburn. That's wild. And let me tell you the, the, the Alabama fans in this transfer portal thing, mm. my, my boy Hunter, not taking it well, <laughs> not taking it well. Is he the all. only one? Oh no. Like they, they, they've got him on medication right now. Like we're 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 having up doses. He's 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 melted down uh, so many times. I mean, it's. I wish I could read some of these, but unfortunately, but if we if we had Hunter on, we'd need a seven second delay. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> folks are going from Alabama to Auburn. It just it's just a different world we live in. We're gonna have to get used to it. But boy, it sure is weird to see kids with nine years of eligibility, kids going from Alabama to Auburn and with no shame whatsoever, uh, in regards to that. So anyway. Um other college football news. Major Apple White has been hired at the University of South Alabama, elevated. I guess, from his mm-hmm. offensive coordinator position to head coach, where according to Pete Thamel, he's agreed to a five-year deal. Uh, school made the hire official this morning, and it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good good fit. He's been there for, what, three years now as the offensive coordinator Two, three. Uh, s- since his departure from Houston. He didn't come there directly from Houston, did he? I think he did because he was at he was at Alabama, then he was at Texas as offensive coordinator, and then went from Texas to Houston, and then he was an analyst at Alabama for two years before taking the job at USA. USA. So yeah, I mean. He's 15 and 11 as a head coach in what two years mm-hmm. at Houston. That's not terrible. Again, Houston, Houston is one of those places where they have a. I mean, this guy got fired after going eight and five, and winning the conference. He was tied. Let, let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> I mean, there's that. He did go 0 and three in bowl games. But he's been a very good offensive coordinator everywhere he's been, and South Alabama has certainly proven that they can be a great, uh, a great place to to be, and so good for him. I doubt he's the he's not the kind of guy who's going to leave for a coordinator position, Alabama, Texas, or otherwise. Right? No, no. This is a guy that now that he's back in a head coaching role, I would expect that to be his. Intent to stay in such a role, either at South Alabama or somewhere else. I mean, you know. I would agree. 45. Yeah, he's not old. I mean, I remember him playing. Right. All right. So, anyway, before we get out of here, Mo, we have to talk about it. MLB Network's top 10 second baseman. 
Uh, what is the phrase? Engagement farming? Yep, and that's exactly what it is. It's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> I, I mean, I did not want to think that a reputable outlet such as MLB Network would feel the need to engage in such, but MLB Network ranks top 10 second baseman right now. Feel free to tell us what name you feel like is missing from this list. Or names, plural. Yeah, there are two particularly. Mookie Betts, who last year was the number two right fielder in MLB Network's top 10. Now he's the number one second baseman. I don't necessarily have a problem with it because I feel like this is the move that cements Mookie Betts in the Hall of Fame be honest um Mookie Betts number one Jose Altuve number two Marcus Simeon number three Luis Arias number four Cattell Marte of Arizona number five I'll, I'll tell you some of these teams because you may not recognize them otherwise Matt McClain number six from Cincinnati Andres Jimenez from Cleveland at seven Eduard Julian of Minnesota at eight Zach Galoff at Oakland at nine. I thought Tony Kemp played most of second base for Oakland last year, but what do I know? And Nico <laughs> Horner of the Cubs at number ten. Now again, tell me if you tell me if anybody is conspicuous in their absence, sir. There may be one or two. Uh, one particular. Who's your second one? Uh, Hashon Kim, who won the Gold Glove. That's fair. Had a 5.8 war. Um, uh, you, you tend to lose me with the analytics. I'm, Whatever. I'm guy, but yeah. Hey, uh, but I, 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 I see your point. He won the gold glove. Mo, he won. I, he, he won. I see the, your point. He won the gold glove. What are we doing here with this list? Well, <laughs> and Ozzy Obbies was in the top five. The top five of every single offensive category you can have for a second baseman. He was in the top five of all of them. But he ain't in the top ten of MLB Network. Much as I don't like him, Jeff McNeil belongs on this list. Uh, I mean, he's fringe, but he, he belongs on it over Nico Horner. I don't necessarily have an issue with Nico Horner. Or the guy who didn't play second base for the Oakland Athletics. I do not, I do not know Zach Geloff. Never heard of him. Uh, of course, he is now the going forward second baseman. I assume because Tony Kemp was a free agent this year. Has he signed? I don't believe he has. So Braves need a infield backup. Infield backup. backup. Infield. I'm just saying. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I mean. <laughs> What are we doing with this? This is absurd. I mean... We should have called this this segment absurd. This is the trash can juice segment. A case could be made for Ozzy Albies at number four. I mean, I, I won't argue Betts, Altuve, or Simeon at one, two, or three. I would argue anybody else on this list. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean... He is he is as good, if not better, than Arias and Marte, and and, th and those guys are good. 
those guys are are they're definitely top ten second well, base. Reyes, no question. And- I think Arias and and Albies are different guys. They are, but I, I mean, if if we're just judging second baseman as a whole, whatever, like, I, depending on what you want from your second baseman, you can get, you know, if you need a leadoff guy, Arias is your guy. If you need a guy who can hit anywhere from one to six and be productive, then Albies is your guy. If you want a guy with <clears throat> thirty home run potential and solid defensive skills, solid. At worst. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, your guy. I think they're as elite as any of these guys. So, yeah. I mean, you put Arias, Marte, and Albies in a bag and pull them out, whatever, four, five, six, I'd be okay with it. But any, I wouldn't for, argue it. No, no. I mean, if he were six, I it, would not necessarily have an issue with it. It's but, like I can argue with you, but there's no real need to. It's semantics. Yeah, yeah. But, but not being on the list, throw something. And who point. is? Can, can we throw? Do we have any tomatoes? Hey, you're you're telling me that Ozzy Albies is not in the top third of second baseman in Major League Baseball? I mean, there's 30 teams. That's what I'm told. I mean, if if you're interested in credibility, you might want to bypass MLB Network. <laughs> and the, you, you know how we know we're right Mets fans are even mad <laughs> they're like what are you stupid so if the Mets if the Mets are carrying water for Albies in this situation you know you messed up so hey, yeah. Glaber Torres absolutely Glaber should have been on the list a hundred percent there are also Cardinals fans upset about Nolan Gorman Philly fans upset about Bryson Stott. So. Stott is meh. Uh, yeah, I could see it. But they put the athletics dude who's like who who hasn't even played. Who is this guy? That's what I'm saying. Who I, is you that can't guy? tell me that this guy belongs on this list. He's not even played the position for that for the team. So anyway. Hang on. Hang hang on a minute. <laughs> we gotta find out who's Zach. <laughs> Zach Geloff's war was 2.6 last year, which is 2.6 for his career, by the way. Um, he hit 267 with 14 home runs, 32 ribs, and 14 steals. Um, and for the analytic, he had an OPS plus of 137, OPS of 840. That's not terrible, but it's not even close to Ozzy Albies. I mean, not even close. Hang on. So, I, I... Hang on. I don't know what to tell these people. Ozzy's war last year was 4.7. Better. He hit 280 with 33 home runs, 109 RBIs, 13 steals. His OPS was 124. I'm sorry, OPS plus was 124. So, maybe that's the difference. Geloss was 137. No, it got nothing. I got nothing. We need to take a break. Terry standing by. We'll get to Terry McCormick talking Titans right after this. Stick around.
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Time now to talk with Terry McCormick on your Daily Titans update. What's up, Terry? Oh, it's your Daily Titans update. It's, like, like I said, always brought to you by Zen Sports. And another day, another wait in the coaching search. Uh, Dan Quinn completed his interview with the Titans via Zoom last night. Wow. And Thomas Brown apparently completed his today. So... Still four guys left on their initial 10-person list that was uh, been put out there. Uh, three of those are still in the playoffs. Uh, ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, Bobby Slowick. The other is uh, Brian Johnson, uh, Eagles offensive coordinator. Did y'all see that David Shaw uh, uh, interviewed for the Chargers job? Good for him. I did I've always thought he was a pretty good coach. Mm-hmm. Same here. I did not see that David Shaw interviewed for that. Um, Terry, who else interviewed for the Chargers job? Uh, that would be one Mike Vrabel, who uh, was in L.A. apparently today, according to reports, to uh, meet with the Chargers and uh, I guess uh, make sure he has a franchise quarterback if he gets that job. Terry, it's interesting. I was... Um... Speaking of franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I was I was looking at an article on The Athletic earlier today by Mike Sando, who... Yeah, I know Mike. It, okay, he took it upon himself to rank the head coaching vacancies. Number one is the Chargers. I think most of us would agree to that being the case based on the I, presence I, of the franchise quarterback. I disagree. Sure. But that's only because of their, their salary cap situation is a mess. Okay. They um, do have a great quarterback. That's that's absolutely true, though. Okay. Um, this guy said, I'm not putting much weight into salary cap space because it can be created or manipulated, and because the big challenge is finding good players, not finding the resources to sign them. So, okay. I've ranked these vacancies below using three basic criteria. Likelihood of winning in the first two seasons, whether winning the division is realistic, and to what degree ownership flaws might be fatal. Okay. So that's th- those are his parameters. Well, the Titans kind of miss in all three of those categories in terms of, you know, because the roster is pretty barren. And, uh, you know, and while there's Will Levis there who uh, – you know, is an intriguing prospect. He's also a guy who has a half a season's worth of experience. So, you know, there's he's not not yet a franchise quarterback. We don't know if he's going to be, but you know, it is better than maybe the situation with the Falcons and you know some of these other teams, the Patriots. Although the Patriots may be picking high enough that they can get somebody pretty. Uh, you know, one of these hot shot guys, they may not get uh, 
Caleb Williams or Drake May, but they could certainly be in the range for Jaden Daniels. Okay. So that's it. Chargers one, according to Mike Sando. Falcons two. Seahawks three. Patriots four, Raiders five, Commanders six. See, I would have thought they would have been higher because they have new ownership and uh, the number two overall pick, which should secure them one of those top two quarterbacks. Titans seven, Panthers eight. Wow. Ranking only ahead of... The, the Carolina Panthers. Panthers. And you said the criteria, not not able to win in the first couple of years. Well, that may actually be true because the roster is pretty barren. What were the other two cri- criteria? Um, what do you say? I gotta ownership fall, flaws, fatal mm-hmm. ownership flaws. Yeah. Um, likelihood of winning in the first two seasons, whether winning the division is realistic, and to what degree – Ownership flaws might be fatal. Those are his three criteria. Now, getting back down here to the Titans at number seven. The Titans roster needs a reset. The franchise needs a quarterback. The rest of the division is pulling away, including in Houston, where C.J. Stroud's emergence introduces a potential top-tier quarterback for the Titans to defend. So... The rest of the division is pulling away after we just beat Jacksonville's butts with that well, with backup quarterback. Yeah, Houston is certainly going to be formidable because they not only have a quarterback in Stroud who already looks like a stud, they've got Will Anderson and uh, that other kid, Grenard, anchoring a pretty good defensive pass rush. Plus, they've got a slew of picks from unloading Deshaun Watson on Cleveland. So they're they're set for a while. So, so Houston, okay, so Houston is at the top of the AFC South. Right. The Colts, I mean, okay, they were they were okay this year. They're going to get Anthony Richardson back, but the question is, do you really know any more about you know less about Richardson than you know about Levis? Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I would. And 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 I think it's safe to say that Trevor Lawrence regressed. Yes, absolutely. It's safe to say that. So I mean, not that he can't get it back, but certainly he would, did not look like he did at the end of last season. Hmm? And to be quite honest with you, uh, he hasn't been all that in a bag of chips, as they said he would be coming out. He, he was supposed to be the best prospect since Andrew Luck, and I can't put him in that category yet. No, not at all. Uh, yeah. I, so I would that, struggle to put him in a category above Justin Fields. And Justin Fields gets a lot of hate. I mean, So I'm just here to tell you. Uh, okay, let, I'll, let, tell, let, I'll tell let, you this not, right now. Let's not go down that road. Based on the way they're playing right now, I'd take Baker Mayfield over Trevor Lawrence. A thousand percent. And it's not close. But I, 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 I wouldn't disagree. I got... I got absolutely bombarded and blasted on Twitter for saying that Trevor Lawrence is basically Mac Jones. Well, he's he's probably better than that. Mac Jones is completely broken. He's in the Zach Wilson category, and I'm afraid Bryce Young is headed down that path too if Carolina 
doesn't do something drastic. Mm. Uh, he may be broken, but that's that's only because he has had zero help. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is only what Trevor Lawrence is because he has had weapons upon weapons upon weapons. Now, in fairness, he, switched, he did have Urban Meyer his first year. Switch those two. So, so, you know, so that's, you know, so he's basically, it's like having to take remedial math right there with when you have Urban Meyer as your coach. I do he had, wonder. He had, to repeat, he had to repeat the grade, shall we say. I, I do wonder what would happen, like Chris said, if you switched Bryce Young and Trevor Lawrence. If you put Trevor sure. Lawrence in Carolina and Bryce Young in Jacksonville, what would happen? Well, here's well, interesting. Br- Bryce Young, I don't know. Uh, Andy Dalton won. Well, the the thing that I guess the thing about Bryce Young that you know I guess I'm, concerns me in terms of whether he can develop into a franchise quarterback. I'm not a big fan of little quarterbacks. He's too t- he, not, he's little short. quarterbacks, not named Fran Tarkenton, who I always liked. <laughs> he's you know, I'm just not a fan of them of, of those guys who are five ten and 175 pounds because one, I don't think they can hold up. And two, most of them don't have the raw arm strength that you need to push the ball down the field like today's NFL requires. I mean, even you Doug know. Flutie wasn't a, you know, a, a consistent no. NFL starter. No, he was not. And he had he the arm not. strength. And, but he spent a lot of time in the USFL and Canada before finally making his way back to the NFL and then being a part-time starter for the Bills. Exactly. So, I mean, the NFL puts a lot of weight in measurements for a good reason. Okay, so let me ask you this. So he was an athletic freak, maybe, but how tall was Michael Vick? Michael Vick was about six foot, six one. Six foot. There's a lot of difference in six foot and five ten. Yeah, I mean Drew Brees was about six foot on his best day too, but and he was really good. But like Chris said, there's there's a big difference. Bryce Young stru- struggles to be five ten. I mean he's that's with cleats on. I mean he looked the the day I saw him the day he was there at Nissan Stadium playing against the Titans. He got he was just swallowed up in the huddle by his lineman. He was really small, smaller than I thought he was. We've decided that's why the dude got cut by the Panthers that the Titans picked up earlier this year. He was too tall. The guard, Throck, Throck, <laughs> Throckmorton. Throck yeah, Throckmorton. Yes. Uh, whose that's name was exactly. a whole lot more fun to say Calvin. than it was to spell. <laughs> I bet. Um. Terry, there was one candidate in particular that um, you feel like may be kind of stepping away. Well, it seems like that, at least in a national narrative, that uh, Aaron Glenn is getting some traction, uh, you know, being matched with the Titans. Now, I don't know. If, I can't imagine that's anything more than pure speculation because the man has not interviewed yet. So it would be hard for him to be the favorite in my eyes until – he actually opens his mouth and tells Amy Adams Strunk and Rand Carthen what he plans to do with this franchise and with the job. Now, he may blow them away in the interview. I'm told that he's a a leader of men, you know, that he's a guy that, 
you know, kind of cut from the same cloth as the man he works for, Dan Campbell, in that he can get people to buy into what he's saying and that, you know, he's worked his way up the ranks. He's a former player, worked his way up, uh, started out as like a defensive assistant, then, it, then went to New Orleans. I think that was in Cleveland. Then he was in New Orleans as a defensive backs coach. Now he's defensive coordinator for the Lions. This is his third year. So uh, the people I talked to in Detroit, they feel like he's going to get a head coach uh, job somewhere uh, in this hiring cycle. And if not this hiring cycle, next hiring cycle. And they felt, and the guy I talked to said he felt like that the Titans would be a nice match for him. You know, and and it really, it kind of comes down to this, guys. Tell me if you disagree or, or not, or if you agree. It feels like that all the candidates are one of two different type of guys. They're either these hot shot young whippersnapper play callers that come out of the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay type system. And a bunch of them are already hired around the league, like Mike McDaniels and Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor. And, you know, the guys like Callahan and Johnson are kind of cut from that cloth. And they're, you know, and, you know, they're, they come from kind of the non-player analytics side of the game, that sort of thing. And then there's those old school leader of men guys who've been in the trenches, the guys like the guys who are sort of like what they had in Mike Brable. And that's the Dan Campbells, the D'Amico Ryans, those type of coaches who might not be as detailed in terms of you you know if you know in a third and seven at my own 45 I'm going to do x 80% of the time that sort of thing I think they've played the game they coach it that way knowing how players react to certain things and that seems to be the two types of candidates that are in this hiring cycle the, the ones who are you know the hot shot offensive guys and the ones who have played the game and are more of the I've been there, I know how it is, and I can apply it to the, the coaching job. You guys buy some of that? Absolutely. That's exactly who's in this league. Preferably, I would like the guy who goes for it on fourth and three at the plus 45 with seven minutes to go on a playoff game. That's the kind of guy I'm looking for. Not one who punts. <laughs> Sorry. So there you go. Now that's that's okay. It's okay. So. Terry, as always, man, we appreciate it. All right. We'll do it again tomorrow. Tell us Tell about, us Zen, about Sports. Zen Sports. The new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports Play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sportsbook will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789.
800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yalmo Patton here on this Throwback Thursday. We're going to throw it back to David Ubbin here in just a few moments. But before we do that, Mo, we've got a very unique situation this week with the weather here in Middle Tennessee. And so you had a good thought in trying to maybe explain a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes in the the cancellations and all the things that go along with that. And so you went out and got someone who deals with it on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, luckily enough, we were able to get a hold of Paige, wrestling coach and athletics director, Benji Gray, who's kind of on the front lines of dealing with all of this stuff this week. And um, joining us by phone here on Coach's Corner is Coach Gray. Coach, good afternoon. Good afternoon, fellas. Thanks for having me. 
Oh, thank you for joining us, man. Like uh, as Chris was saying, you know, I'm. It's just kind of fascinating, you know, when you when you've got a schedule, especially this time of year, especially in wrestling, and and you have to deal with being down for a week like this, trying to get meets rescheduled, um, trying to keep guys on weight and dealing with it across an entire athletic department, not just your sport. I mean. Do you have any hair left as we sit here on Thursday afternoon? I actually have more hair left from dealing with rescheduling than I have trying to keep my one-year-old and four-year-old occupied over the past five days. Come on. Hmm. So, so yeah. it's, it's funny because we're really at the discretion of our central office and our administrations across the board. So, you know, we're always in a holding pattern until we hear from our central office, and then we make plans and establish proactively how we're going to go forward based on their updates. And and I would imagine that, you know, waiting and not knowing has got to be, you know, tough. I've, I've had a 16, 17, 18-year-old in the house who you know, doesn't know what to do with himself in those situations. It's, it's got to be tough to deal with um, just not having anything to tell. Yeah. So what helps with athletic department wise is just constant communication between all your stakeholders, being your coaches, your athletic trainer, who most people think, um, you know, we have to relay messages to athletic trainers as well because their livelihood and their lives, if they have kids and families, revolves around those schedules, too. Um, on top of that, you have facility issues. And so a lot of coaches, for example, Page, Indian Summit, have been proactively working to try to get three duels worked out on one day that were supposed to take place this last week. And then, you know, basketball coaches have been Zooming with each other to try to make up games. So all the Williamson County basketball games that were to be played Friday night will be moved to Saturday. And then on top of that, you know, we're moving around GoFan sales, our NFHS camera when it's operating. So there's several behind the scenes aspects that athletic directors and coaches have to take care of. And people may or may not realize you guys haven't been able to practice either. Yeah. So speaking from the wrestling coach standpoint, you know, as, as teachers and students, we love snow days, but as coaches and student athletes, we kind of dread them. Um, for wrestling especially, it's hard because wrestling, unlike basketball, we don't have wrestling mats at rec centers or in our basements for the most part. We can't go out and shoot hoops, and we're battling weight dissension plans. So a lot of these guys have to make sure they're still on weight. Otherwise, it could throw off their competition over the course of the next week or two weeks going into region duels, state duels, and so forth. That is a, that is a really weird situation because yeah, in wrestling, it's especially because I know what I'm doing. I'm board eating. Now, obviously, you know, the, the urges you have to, you kind of have to push off a little bit and it's hard to get out and, workout or, or anything like that. That's, that is a really tough situation, coach. I, I, I don't envy those kids. Let's put it that way. Well, as coaches too, 
you know, we don't want to dissuade them from having fun and being kids. Like we want our students to go out and enjoy the snow, uh, but we want them to do safely. You know, we don't want them sliding down a sidewalk where there's mailboxes every 12 feet. So we don't want to dissuade them from the, the few and far opportunities of playing in the snow, but we also have to remind them, hey, you still are in the mid-season. And so any injury could be costly to the entire team and program if it happens at this point. And, and that's the thing in a lot of instances. It's not just costly to the athlete. It's costly to the team um, in, in basketball and, and in wrestling. And people, again, don't necessarily realize or recognize the, the dual wrestling aspect, the traditional wrestling from a point standpoint. When you take, you know, a starter out of a out of a solid lineup, it it changes a lot. But, you know, Benji, there are those that would say it comes with the territory this time of year. I mean, is there that? I mean, the fact that here in this area, this we pretty well get this at some point. Does that help any? I don't think it helps. I think you're right. It comes with the territory. For wrestling example, you know, we're such a um, a close, I hate to say intimate sport when you're in close contact with one another. So not only are we battling weather, but you're also battling that close contact availability of getting sick, injury, three different holidays while trying to maintain your weight. And so I think we understand, and along with basketball coaches, that weather comes with it. But then you look at spring coaches – Baseball, softball, you know you're going to hit weather. You know you're going to hit rain. And so as a coach in general, I think you look at it as just how do you plan around it? How are you proactive? Same thing with your summer coaches with the the heat index and they're having to plan around practices when it's well over 100 degrees outside. Every coach in their season has to proactively figure out how to maintain a practice schedule and keep their athletes continuing to build to get into the postseason. Now, again, Coach Benji Gray joining us here, the wrestling coach at Page High School, but also, Coach, you are the you're the athletics director, so you have a lot of other responsibilities as well. How, how does that play into all the stuff you have to deal with? <laughs> I'm a little OCD when it comes to organization, so I think any athletic administrator worth their weight uh, is the same way. I think they uh, have everything put in place. It's all about communication with your coaches, your administration, um, even your your staff on site, you know, your maintenance department. Um, where are games being held? For example, uh, if a basketball game is held on Saturday, where can we get some wrestling matches in that's not going to impact those basketball games? So when are your basketball teams shooting around on Saturday? Can we get a wrestling match in before shoot-around or after shoot-around? And so it's all about constant planning and communication uh, and, and keeping every stakeholder and really doing it as, as much as social media. I think social media helps out great with it now because you can put something out on X almost instantaneously. So what helps me as an AD is the only sports that are really going on right now are girls and boys basketball and wrestling. I think it's more challenging if you're an AD in the fall or spring where you have multiple sports at the same time. Makes sense. 
Um, Benji, you mentioned the, the three duels that you, Summit, and Independence are trying to get in. What's the latest on that? So right now, the Middle Tennessee Wrestling Association, they always have their tournament for JV freshmen and girls this coming weekend. And I've only known it to be canceled once because of weather in, in 16 years. Um, and so, you know, that will be decided upon tomorrow, uh, which would be unfortunate because there's not a lot of JV freshman opportunities throughout the season. And so what we've done is, is Drew down at Indian Summits, Pete Miller, we've just been in constant communication on who could house the varsity duels. Indy needs to wrestle Summit. We need to wrestle Summit. Um, to knock those South District duels out of the way. Region duels are next Thursday, and so nobody really wants to compete on a Sunday. Nobody really wants to compete on a Monday. So in order to get these matches in, tomorrow's really looking like the best option for us to wrestle two duels at once. Currently, Indy is poised to host those district duels uh, between all three teams at 10 o'clock Saturday morning as Indy basketball is traveling to Summit that afternoon, so it frees up a location for the duels. So you're looking at 10 o'clock Saturday right now? Yep. Okay. All right. That's that's good information. And, folks, if you want to see some good dual wrestling, <laughs> pull up at Independence at 10 o'clock Saturday, uh, Saturday morning before the Indy Summit basketball doubleheader at 2 o'clock over at Summit. So, um, well, and if you want to see some really good wrestling, everybody needs to circle next Thursday on their calendar because you're going to have the region duels and you have Summit, who's number three in the state. You have Nolensville, who's number four in the state, and you have Brentwood, who's number five in the state. And they're battling for two spots. So you have a top five ranked team who's going to be sitting at home this year instead of going to the Ag Center the first weekend in February. Goodness gracious. A, a top five team that isn't even going to get to – get to region let alone out of region so correct yeah that is that's life on the mats in williamson county though and no one can speak to that better than benji gray the wrestling coach and athletics director at page high school benji appreciate your insight this afternoon hope you're staying warm or, or drying out after the snow angels and and that kind of thing and um we will catch up with you Guys, anytime. I appreciate it and hope to see you all out some wrestling this season. Sounds good. You bet. All right. We are going to take a break. When we come back. Do you want to? Oh, that's right. I, that's why I was trying to get to, and I, I'm in the middle of are, my are computer. My, yeah, my computer was being slow, and I forgot uh, that hardware is important. So let's get it out. Important. Yeah, let's let's give it out real quick. Um, the Intuin Life Team of the Week, outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is Sports Custom Stone Handlers. Proudly encourages young people to get in the game. Our Custom Stone Handlers Intuin Life Team of the Week this week is the Columbia Central Lions. Boys basketball team went 2-0 and last week with a pair of district victories against Coffee County and at Lincoln County earlier in the week. So 
congrats to the Lions. First-year coach Brandon Levier on a roll right now. About uh, the Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Athlete of the Week from Southern Middle Tennessee. Yes, Lawrence County Junior Alex Bedford um, averaged a double-double in a couple of wins for the Wildcats last week, including a 27-point 14 rebound performance in a big win over the uh, over Giles County. Excuse me, Wildcats, Bobcats. Sorry, but yeah, big week for Alex Bedford out of Lawrence County, our Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint Athlete of the Week. There you go. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Throwback Thursday, David Ubbin. We'll get back to it right after this. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. She's on Thinking Out Loud, presented by Regions, and out of pocket with Alyssa Lang. It is, in fact, Alyssa, Alyssa Lang. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to lower the bar for guests now. Oh, no. I'm like, apologies in advance. It sounds like CC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Got that radio voice. I know. It's a good sound. I miss radio too. (laughs) As do we. And then here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. So and we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Coach, that's it. So when you are on Main Street and you are moving. Got to love it. Like you're moving. I was impressed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad someone. Welcome back in. It is time now for Throwback Thursday. Last uh, two weeks ago, two weeks ago tomorrow, we will have talked with David Ubbin and talked a little bit about FAMU's Willie Simmons moving to a coordinator position from FAMU, or not, I'm sorry, not to a coordinator position, to a position coach position with Duke. And now we've seen Kane Womack move from a head coaching position to a to a coordinator's spot. So, Thought it might be a little timely to, to revisit that conversation as to why that is the next necessary step in a uh, trip to Power 5 head coaching, Mo. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. Go. 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 Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yow, Maurice Patton. Mo, my New Year's resolution was not to argue on the internet. You've broken it already. I've not. Oh, okay. I, I've made it five <clears throat> days. Now, that don't mean I ain't typed it and deleted, deleted. it. Because <laughs> you got to get it out, right? <laughs> so, but man, college football conversations. Mm-hmm just get insanely ridiculous. They really do. Because fandom knows no bounds. It's not all they know no. <laughs> exactly. They 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 know no a lot. Mm-hmm. But you know it's it's just really interesting how how college football really dominates a lot of what we do. And and 
particularly the way that we try to incorporate the lower levels of college football from I don't like to look at it as a lower level. I like to look at it as as the underexposed. Well, uh, sure. The the Mm -hmm. FCS to NAI. Underserved. And, you know, so to us, there are some things that don't make a whole lot of sense. But maybe in another world, they do make sense. I don't know. That's why we're going to talk to David Ubbett. That's absolutely why we're going to talk to David Ubbin. David Ubbin of The Athletic joins us here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. And David, I know the Michigan-Washington National Championship game is on Monday night and dominates a lot of folks' attention. But I was really intrigued last week as it started to bubble up that Willie Simmons was going to leave Florida A&M as head coach to become running backs coach at Duke under Manny Diaz, who the two had coached together at, of all places, Middle Tennessee State. But um, I'm fascinated, David, that Willie Simmons clearly feels like the ascending hierarchy, if you want to be a power five head football coach, is HBCU head coach, power five position coach, and whatever comes after that. And that man knows better than anybody else what's best for his career, but it's an awfully disappointing thought to me that you can't get there from FAMU without being a position coach. I mean, not coordinator, position coach. So first, good afternoon. But second, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, there's always been sort of a glass ceiling from HBCUs and moving up. Um, I think some of it is sort of an accepted stigma of like, well, he's coaching at the HBCU, but if you want a a big-time FCS job, or a G5 job, you don't see that move a lot. You know, obviously Dion is the exception, not the rule. And there's about a bajillion reasons we don't need to get into on this show for why he was able to make that leap. Um, but it's sort of a, a it's a troubling trend that's decades long. Uh, I mean, college football on its own has a long uh, sort of history of underserving black coaches. and There's not a ton of opportunities. I know a lot of these guys, talk to a lot of these guys, and everybody sort of knows the game. They know what's up, but you got to give yourself all the opportunities you can. And I think clearly in Willie Simmons's case, you know, I think you're right, uh, Mo, that the 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 climb up is probably a little bit easier from being a Power Five position coach because then you get a coordinator job if you succeed there, and then you can you can get a head coaching job. And then once you do that, when you have that foundation of well, he's already run his program you sort of lessen um, a lot of people's concerns. But, you know, this is this is just where we are in the sport, and this is kind of what it is. Yeah, I, I, I get that, and he gets that. And, again, it's his career. Nobody's forcing him to make that move, but it's just it's disappointing that having been head man at Florida A&M, having been head coach at Prairie View, prior to that, having had the success he had in both those positions, 
that he has to take a step back, a couple of steps back. Again, he's not going to Duke to be offensive coordinator. He's going to be a position coach. And, you know, he pointed out, I guess, in an interview earlier this week that besides Dion, only two other sitting HBCU head coaches have moved to head coaching positions in non-HBCU positions. Um, mm-hmm. Willie Jeffries, when he left South Carolina State to go to Wichita State back in the early 80s, I guess, mm-hmm. and which no longer plays football, by the way. I think he was the last head coach at Wichita State. And then um, Jay Hobson a few years ago when he went from Alcorn, which was his only HBCU coaching gig, to take over at Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. And Jay Hobson is not black. So um, those are the only other two besides Dion to go from an HBCU head coaching position to a non HBCU head coaching position. And it's, I guess, like you said, it's just where we're at, but it's, it's gotta be frustrating. I mean, I know it is for a lot of the coaches, but I think in the same breath, nobody's surprised at a lot of this stuff. I think the, the, the black coaches that I talk to and know, like understand sort of what they're up against because it's, it's a tough spot because you know that you can coach. And I think that this is one of the reasons why Dion had a lot of support for a long time is that people have the idea of what a head coach looks like or what a coordinator looks like or like. Um, and it doesn't always line up with uh, what that guy is, despite the fact that he can be a good football coach, which is winning games. But perception is such a big part of it, and the AD's got to relate to you, and the boosters have to relate to you. And if there's a disconnect there, it can be tough for guys to get jobs. And especially if you don't have boosters pushing to hire you, that can be a problem as well. And, you know, uh, in the college football world, in the big-time booster world, not a lot of people developing a ton of relationships at HBCU saying – we got to get Willie Simmons in here. That's just not something that happens. So everybody knows what the deal is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the, the elephant in the room that doesn't get discussed a whole lot. So I get it. But that was just something that had kind of been eating at me here this mm-hmm. week. And, and so I, appreciate I think the thing for me, me, when you, when I, I think that the, the toughest thing for me is when I saw it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, like if you're trying to make a climb, it's like, I, I get it. Yeah. Like, I'm not even really surprised that he did it. You know, you just don't see that a ton. Um, but from the HBCU level, if you want to move up, you do have to get a little creative sometime, no matter how much success you've had at that level. Some, I think what really hit me was when someone tweeted a few days ago, um, Kurt Weiler, who I think might be, he's an FSU um, mm-hmm. writer. Mm-hmm. Heard some buzz about Willie Simmons potentially leaving. Now it would seem it's happening. He did some incredible things at FAM, and this is a logical, necessary step towards him landing an FBS head coaching job. And that kind of just kind of tore at me because I don't know why that's a logical, necessary step. Uh, clearly it is. Yeah, I think the question but, is, like, clearly it shouldn't be. 
but in the in the in the idealist view you would say it shouldn't be but in the realist view and looking at the landscape and looking how things are it it is yeah it is because of like you said people don't move up like you get uh you know that stigma on you of oh well he's a good coach but he's an HBCU coach it but, just, it but is he, what it yeah mhm I guess my my question is why? 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 What? What? I mean, well. what makes what makes success at Florida A and M any less, you know, important than success at any other? And obviously not to that level. I mean, you go you go eleven and one or twelve and one at at you know Montana State, North Dakota State, whatever. Like, but if if I took Sanford. To eleven and one, twelve and one, my next position would not have to be a running backs coach at Duke. Where did Kansas State's coach come from? Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where did Kansas's coach come from? Well, can't, I think I, I think where, part I'm of this is like when you get to the HBCU levels, the support is not what you'd like it to be. And so when you're at an HBCU and playing a lot of other HBCUs, it is sort of viewed as like the minor leagues of the FCS because the financial support is not always there. And and that makes it hard to do literally anything. Um, it was a lot of the things that you heard Dion complain about because I, I think he sort of knew what he was getting himself into at Jackson State, but not really. Um, and so, you know, when you don't have the financial support to run and play big time football, I don't have the budget numbers in front of me, but I feel fairly certain if you looked at what the budget was at a Jackson State, at an Alcorn State, at FAMU, and you compared it to Montana or North Dakota State, it would not reflect favorably on the administration. And and in some ways, okay, you know, like how does that not make like, it better? <laughs> how does that not make what you did more impressive? Because you're not playing team, you're not playing a lot of teams. Like there's not a lot of crossover between. You know, like the HBCUs will play by games, but they're not playing up. Like a lot of HBCUs don't participate in the FCS playoffs. If you were at an HBCU and you made a playoff run in the FCS against those big teams, then I think you might you might be. I mean, a lot of this goes into the structure of like the Black National Championship and why it is that way and why it exists outside the FCS. Because I would have liked to have seen what last year's Jackson State team could have done if they'd gotten into the FCS playoff, but they played in the HBCU National Championship, rather, um, you know, the, the, the swack uh, you know, matchup. So, you know, I think a lot of places, you know, the, a lot of the HBCUs prefer it that way, but I think, and you prefer it that way, and you have the Black National Championship structure and all the tradition that goes into the Celebration Bowl, I think in some ways, when you don't have those crossover games, it might work against um, you know, the black coaches and your head coaches there because there aren't a ton of crossover games because you just don't see it a ton. You see them play by games against big time teams, uh, but you don't see them competing and beating, um, you know, a lot of the bigger FCS programs. And so, you know, a lot of this points to just like the structure of lower level football, which is um, certainly debatable. I, I personally, you know, I didn't grow up around HBCUs. I'm not as steeped in some of the tradition as a college football fan, I would like to see more crossover. I'd like to see the SWAC and the MEAC participate more in the FCS playoffs when teams are eligible and, and would be in that field. But there's a lot of people who do not feel that way that have a lot more tradition and a lot more um, 
invested in HBCU. So I kind of cede to them on that. But as a college football fan, I'd, I'd like to see, um, you know, more teams participate. Well, that 14-point loss to USF looks a lot better now than it did in week two. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were a touchdown out in the fourth quarter. It was 31-24 mm-hmm. with 10 minutes to go in the game, and they lose by you know a couple touchdowns to a team that ended up being pretty darn good for you know South Florida standards anyway. So I don't know. I, I just feel like it's it's a little interesting that success, you know, I, I guess sustained success perhaps could could lead to something bigger, but it's just, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me how that's viewed differently than Wisconsin Whitewater. Right. Which is where Lance Leopold came from. So there you go. <laughs> um, David Ubbin, Ubbin of The Athletic joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. And like I said, David, thanks for indulging me on that conversation because uh, you can do it for hours. It's a there's a lot to it. I mean, I think some of it is about the structure of lower level college football, um, but I you know, and then it comes into the institutional support. But then why is the institutional support? Yeah. Now we know. Yeah. Um, it, it, now that we're we're a couple weeks away from that, it's interesting to go back and listen to what he said. I mean, I just think it's a fascinating topic. It's a fascinating discussion, and I think we could have discussed it for <laughs> way longer than we did. Uh, but then we could discuss a lot with David Ubbin. He's great. Yeah, I, I just, I, you know, now that we've seen Kane Womack and and so, you know, and some of these other coaching moves, it, it just it's it's really intriguing how. The landscape has changed for everybody. Yeah, I mean, right after Kane Womack was hired, um, DeBoer also hired the um, hired head, a head coach, coach Buffalo. from Buffalo to join his staff. Yeah, uh, and and not as a coordinator. Was he not? I, that's what I was getting ready. No, to he's just a, a safeties remember. coach or something, which is crazy. But hey. <laughs> And 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 he was already ahead. Now he was at a G five, which okay. He is co defensive coordinator and defensive backs coach apparently. Interesting co defensive yeah. coordinator. Co defensive coordinator is weird to me. Only one of you can call plays. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Like what? you would think. How I does mean, that work? I I don't know how that works. Anyway. But yeah, that's always good to to talk with David and hope you guys mm-hmm. enjoyed a, a look back at that conversation here on Throwback Thursday. Uh before we get out of here, Mo, just wanna mention um that you know, obviously it's preps Thursday to some degree mm-hmm. as well. Uh all state teams, if you are looking for them from TSWA have been released. Has everything been released at this point? I believe at this point all of your fall sports, all state teams have been released and are on the website at MainStreetPreps.com. We're talking yeah. about golf, cross country, girls soccer, volleyball, and football. So they are all there. Mm-hmm. Go check them out. And we don't have time to get into the AP polls. Let's do that tomorrow first thing uh, oh, off the top. Work. But – let me let me read these five names who ha, who will be inducted into the 
Lebanon High School Sports Hall of Fame, thanks to our friend at uh, Tommy Bryan over at the Wilson Post. Mark Medley, former football coach. Is it Rashawn Dillagard? Rashawn Dillagard, yes. yes. Your guess, uh, my guess is as good as yours? Uh, yes. Okay. No, Kimberly Mingleberg. Yeah, I'm not familiar with her. I am familiar yeah. with Greg. Kimball. Uh, Tyler. Hmm? So Kimball was a was was a uh, Kimball Mingleberg was a cheerleader and track athlete. Mm-hmm. She was Mark Medley. Was and then Greg, coach. Greg Triplett and Tyler Moore will round out. My internet's struggling, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Rashawn Dillagard was a basketball player and a great one who went on and played at UT for Pat Summit. Um, Medley was a football coach and kind of led that program back to prominence, 64 and 18 over seven seasons. Um, Moore was a bowler, and I think he was a state championship bowler. Um, triplet again. Yeah, went on to play. At uh, went on the bowl at Cumberland, uh, no, uh, Tusculum, I believe. The bowler, mm-hmm. that's correct. So, there you go, those are your future inductees to the Lebanon Sports Hall of Fame. Just wanted to get that out there. Thanks, Tommy, and full story and full bios on all of those at wilsonpost.com. We are through Thursday. Only one more show this week, Mo. Hopefully we'll be back in studio next week. But for now, one more time, we do it tomorrow, and it's going to be a good one.